and welcome back to the Mindful Being Podcast with Mariah Catalan. And today I have Taryn Moran with me today. I'm so excited for you all to hear this conversation. Taryn is a photographer, filmmaker. Um, she is a breath and shadow worker. Um, her bio says she's a warrior, wanderer, writer, and mystic. And I just have followed her from a really long time. I found a lot of her content really inspiring and helps me connect back with a lot of this mindful work that I've been doing. And I was really glad when she said that she was going to be able to do the show. And I would just love for you all to um, soak up as much of her energy and her joy and wisdom as I did. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hi, Taryn. Welcome to the Mindful Being podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, I like to get these interviews started just by asking a little bit about you and um, kind of what brought you to this mindful lifestyle. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me, first of all. Very exciting. Um, what brought me to a mindful lifestyle? You know, I feel like I've always been interested in it. Um, I come from a like Christian background, like I grew up kind of in that world. So I think there's, um, kind of an emphasis put on like time spent with the divine in that way. And so that was, yeah, I think that's where I got my start, but I've recently deconstructed my faith. So learning to keep that sort of, um, vibe going, if you will, outside of like a religion has been really interesting. Um, but yeah, I would say that's where I probably like started. And then over the last three years or so, just learning to bring that practice like home and really embody what it means to be mindful. Because I think one of the things that comes up a lot for me is like uh, the masculine religion tends to transcend. Like that's kind of the goal is to transcend and be aware and mindful in that state. And I'm learning that the feminine is all about like embodiment and like grounding into this present reality and the mindfulness feels different in that zone for me. So it's been, it's a new kind of a new, uh, look at mindfulness, but kind of exciting. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think, um, I can relate to you a lot. Actually, I came from really like strict Christian family, um, background and definitely am trying to figure out where, um, some of my beliefs stand these days and definitely, um, just kind of stray away from any like organized religion in general, because it comes with a lot of, um, that masculine energy, like you said, Um, and I, I love that idea because we have this, I think I was just talking to, um, one of my other interviewees about this idea of like finding enlightenment and that there's like this, some kind of like big goal to get to. Um, but it's actually a little bit more about these like moments. And like you said, embodying in like this breath, this moment, who I am accepting, loving, um, and then not having to like be someone else or pretend or create into someone other than like who you truly are. So yeah, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that's what mindfulness is, right? Like by definition, it's like an awareness <clears throat> of like our current state, right? Like it's just bringing awareness. It's not judgment. It's not like assigning meaning. It's just being present with it. And 
yeah, like who we are in a moment. Yeah, I think that's sometimes hard to um, teach or explain to people when we're just like new, new to this thing of mindfulness yeah. of like, it's because it's such a, like a woo woo thing. And then it's also mm-hmm. becoming so popular. It's kind of a buzzword right now. Yeah. Um, so to just kind of be able to relate that, um, how does it feel for you? Like when you are in your mindfulness practice, like, how do you know when you're like really connecting with it? You know, it's, it's interesting to look at now. Cause like I said, I came from such a different place of like the head and using like my brain to be mindful and whatnot. And I realized like, I, I did a, um, like a mastery course over the last year about like embodiment and like somatic experiencing and just realizing that like, honestly, being mindful and being present in my body was really unsafe for me. And I think that I, I don't think people recognize that a lot. And so we do intellectualize the mindfulness because it's easier to do it in our head than to really drop into like presence in our body, you know? So I've been learning to stay in that and stay with that like feeling in my body and just get familiar with what it's like to be present with my body, what I'm feeling, what's coming up for me, like using my senses to like be in touch with who I am in the moment. Yeah. That's one of the reasons that I love yoga so much because it really helps me with that. Cause I, I struggle. I tend to be like an overthinker and like processor <laughs> and, um, <laughs> So I think that like yoga is really helpful for those, like actually feeling things in your body and having it come up as you're like moving and not just yoga specifically, but like any, like, I mean, a dance party or like whatever movement to kind of get yourself going in just feeling into the body. And then like, I don't know if you've had this happen, but like, I've had a time where like emotions just come up, like you feel fine or you feel happy and then suddenly you're crying or whatever. And it's just like really cool. It's a fun experience. Sometimes, sometimes it's like overwhelming. <laughs> but. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's interesting to see how, like when we create that space and like really get into our bodies, how it starts to speak to us because we're so busy and we're so go, 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 you know, all the time that we never give our body a chance to actually like be like, Hey, I mean, they're, they're talking to us all the time. Right. Yeah. But we very rarely do we like stop to listen. So I agree with you. I love that we can like, like yoga. I've definitely had moments in a yoga class where I'm like, oh, didn't know that was coming up. Cool. (laughs) Exciting. (laughs) Definitely. Um, Do you mind talking a little bit more about that embodiment um, thing that you did the past year? That sounds really interesting. Yeah. So um, it was, it's called an equine guided empowerment course. So it's using uh, presence with horses to help us get back in touch with our own bodies. And it's a lot of um, just sort of like reflection time and quiet space. And there was no riding or um, there wasn't even, there was a couple moments where we did like intentional interaction with the horses, but really it was just watching them and like becoming aware of like the sovereignty that the horse moves in and seeing that reflected in ourselves and how it's not personal, and there's no, like, judgment, and the horses don't hold on to things. It's just, like, they're in their sovereignty, right? Mm -hmm. They're in their bodies. They know what they want, and when they want it, and they're going to communicate that to the people around them, and the other horses aren't, like, you know, holding a grudge or whatever. 
So it was, it's just, yeah, it was really beautiful experience and seeing it, like seeing myself reflected back and the things that I hold on to and the things that I'm insecure about reflected from a horse is like so different. (laughs) And it's like almost less, uh, less intense because it's not a human, you know, but it's more intense because animals just carry that spirit that brings stuff out in you. Um, yeah, so it was really, really cool. And uh, man, you were talking about your mind going. It's so funny to like witness myself. Like we would have these, like we would go sit and just watch the horses for 30 minutes or whatever. And the whole time my mind is like racing. And the point is to just be present with it, right? Like yeah. you don't have to judge it. You don't got to whatever. But even in that, my mind is like, okay, but like, what questions should I be asking? What, like, how do I go deeper into my healing? Like, what do I need to do? Do, do, do. Like, Mm -hmm. I am so in my masculine, you know, like learning to just be present with myself and like in a moment without having to do anything is, it's a totally new experience for me, honestly. Oh my goodness. That is amazing. I honestly had no idea that's what it was. I actually did a, um, a whole episode about equine therapy, um, because I think it's fantastic. I grew up riding horses. I had this one horse that, um, she basically like helped me through some trauma and like, we're, we're bonded like at the soul level. Like, yes. (laughs) So I love hearing that story and how it really helped you because it's amazing how horses can really, there's something special about horses. I mean, I have dogs too and stuff and they're definitely like little healers in, in their way that they come and they have that intuition, but there is something, um, majestic and like another level with horses. So uh, that's an amazing story. I love that. Yeah. I totally relate to the, what you said about your first horse. Like I had Mustangs, like wild Mustangs, and oh my gosh, like I, I come from a pretty like traumatic upbringing. So to be with an animal that like doesn't know how to be in like in a space with things it's uncomfortable with is just like, I didn't realize until years later looking back, you know, but I'm like, oh, wow, we were the same, like so much of the same, you know, and I had to, I had to rehome one of my Mustangs at one point. And just like seeing my own abandonment issues come up and like attaching that meaning to this horse that I'm now rehoming was like, now looking back, I'm like, wow, like the horses don't even do anything. You know, they're just there and they're present and they're in their bodies. And that does something for us, which is amazing. Just amazing. Yeah. It's amazing how you don't even have to be like riding like I've had some really fun like moments where I've been actually like riding especially like cantering and you just feel the wind in your face and it feels like freeing and beautiful um but I think some of the like more therapeutic moments have been when I was just like laying on her back or just brushing her just connected like in that really gentle way um just being just being Mm -hmm. there like you said being present um that's definitely the times that I remember. And I don't like, I was a child, I was like 12 to 17, 18. So I didn't really like know what was happening, like what it was doing for me until I I think about it now. Um, But those are the moments that stick out, you know, the ones that I remember feeling. So 
so beautiful. So thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next, I just have a question about your daily, like mindfulness practices. So when you're kind of going through your daily life, what are some things that you do? I've seen, um, you do some like rock climbing and stuff too. And (laughs) maybe people don't think of that necessarily as mindfulness on the top few things, but I'm sure that that ties in as well. If you'd like to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, rock climbing is definitely interesting in that, like it's, it's such a focused sport. So when you're rock climbing, you really can't think about anything else. Like you're, you're thinking about your next move the entire time, you know? So definitely part of a mindful thing for me. Um, I'm, I'm really, uh, learning how to integrate like my whole self lately, like the mind, body, and spirit, like making sure I'm like paying attention to all of those things. And so moving my body and like being in that space is really important to that triangle or circle or whatever you want it to be, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think on the daily, um, my entry into like mindfulness in this new season of my life, like deconstruction season of my life has been breath work. Um, and just like learning to drop back into my body and feel where I'm at at any point during the day and like being present with the signals my body's giving me and my nervous system is giving me and just that sort of mindfulness and being like oh okay like I'm holding my abs right now okay releasing my abs and dropping back into that like I'm present with my body right now or when I start speaking to someone and my breath comes all the way up into my chest and I'm like just talking from up here and I'm like okay something's going on so taking a moment right there recognizing that slowing it down deep breath back into like my lower lungs and being okay like that's that's really been my gateway and like I would love to say I do like you know meditation every morning or breath work every morning but like honestly I don't (laughs) so yeah it's just like those little moments during the day, checking in with my body and being like, okay, where am I at? Where's my mind at? And then also like recognizing how when I, when I'm present with my body and when I can slow my breath down, how my mind responds to that or vice versa. Like when my mind is raging and I'm like, okay, like I cannot shut my mind up right now and being like, okay, what happens if I take a deep breath? Like, I think a big part of it is like curiosity and play too, right? Like seeing like, what happens if I try this? What happens if I do this? Oh, okay. Like when I do take a deep breath, my mind slows down. Perfect. Like that's my goal. (laughs) Yeah, that's fantastic. And that's what um, I love talking about this kind of thing on the podcast, because we look at these people that have like these mindfulness practices, they meditate for like a couple hours a day or whatever. And it's just not attainable, (laughs) you know, like it's just for people that work 40 plus hours a week, they have kids, they have lives, you know, it's, it's just not realistic for everyone. And, um, if, you know, people do it, that's amazing. But I think that like these kind of things are more realistic for like daily life is to have that awareness be part of your journey throughout the day. It doesn't have to be its own separate thing all the time. It can be those little moments where you're like, all right, what happens? And I love that playful curiosity. That's amazing to, to hold on to that because 
we are like, okay, like my heart's beating really fast right now. I need to slow my breath down to like get my heart rate down. But you can, you can do it from like a judgmental way where you're Mm -hmm. like, like I need to control my body. Um, and that there's, this is a bad thing that's happening. Or you can come at it with that curiosity of like, I wonder why my heart's beating so fast. I wonder what would happen if I took some breaths, like would that change? And then just kind of having that awareness and notice rather than trying to change things or control things based on like a judgmental point of view. Yes, absolutely. I am so into like the invitational space right now. Like I'm, I work a lot with like archetypes and I'm a like high warrior. Like I'm very much like a do go action, like black and white, like let's, let's do this thing. Right. And so I've so often in my life, like just like drop kicked myself into arenas that like I wasn't necessarily prepared for, but I was like, no, I have to do it. I got to prove myself, you know? And I'm, I'm like, wow, like that does nothing for your nervous system, like nothing, you know? So learning to like come back and be like, actually, like, what would it be like if I invited myself into this place? What would it be like if I was like leading with curiosity or like, yeah, playfulness? Like, it doesn't always have to be this like, ah, like fight, let's do this thing, you know? Yeah. It's, it's been pretty interesting. I recently got hit with like a information, like download, if you will, of just like, okay, Like if this is the matrix, if this, if our life is our one, one life as this body in this body, like, what would it be like to try new things and to play, play? Like, I don't play enough, you know, like as kids, we play and we don't do it as much as adults. Like, what if I, what, how would I feel if I wore this yellow shirt today instead of like this black one, you know, just like little things and little like leading with that curiosity instead of just being like, nope, I wear this every day or whatever. Yeah. I love that. Do you have any, um, plays hard. It's really important. Um, (laughs) and it's really hard as an adult to like drop back into it. Thankfully I'm a preschool teacher. That's my like day job. So I'm with like two and three-year-old kids and it makes it easier for me (laughs) because I, they're playing and I can participate in that play a lot. So those are like where I find my moments, but, um, what are ways that you like intend to, or do like incorporate play? Mm. I think, I don't know if this is going to answer your question directly, but this is the direction that my intuition is leading me. So I'm going to go with it. But I think really like right now I'm in a place where like I'm having fun finding my edges and like where I'm comfortable and then kind of leaning into those and seeing what's happening. And that can be either really scary or I can say like, Hey, I'm just trying this thing and like seeing how I feel and giving myself permission to try something and to not like it, which is a big part of it or to like really enjoy it. Cause you never know. Right. And I think that's what play is a lot of the time as kids is just like, being present in a new situation or like a a fantasy or whatever with your friends and like seeing what feels good and what doesn't right like we're just having fun so yeah I wouldn't I don't know that there's like I don't have any like crafts that I'm doing that are like my play or whatever you know what I mean yeah but I think just like bringing 
like less judgment and more curiosity and fun into the spaces that I'm in right now, whether that's relationships or hobbies or whatever, you know? Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Cause everyone's play is going to be different, right? Like based on like for you, your play could be the rock climbing or like those things, like that's your version of play because you find that like childlike joy mm-hmm. from it or whatever, you know, like it doesn't have to be anything like, I, I guess I, I think we think often of like crafts or things like that, like as an adult, like this is our, yeah. our version of play, but and for some people it might be, but I think that's um, something to consider just like, yeah, having a little bit more play into the daily routine. Once again, like you're, you're in, you're mixing it in with like your clothes you're wearing or like maybe jewelry yeah. or things like that, um, to incorporate it in. So it's not having to be this like extra thing on your checklist that you're like, Oh, did I play today? <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. but instead you're incorporating it. That's great. Yeah. It's been interesting trying to like do it in relationship too and like like finding the fun in the uncomfortable and finding like the new things that might be fun that I wouldn't allow myself to be fun like I take I guess I shouldn't say that anymore but I am historically a very serious person I take things very seriously like life has been a lot so playing isn't as comfortable for me um like I literally, I had a new year's resolution, uh, five years ago to laugh more because I just like, I wasn't laughing, you know? So learning to like, yeah, come back to like the curiosity and in things that even might be scary is can be play. I think. Yes. That's, that's awesome to like, hold on to this really like flexible idea of play and let it be like whatever you need. That's awesome. And I think like, I would say you probably were able to reach that goal, holding it in your mind. (laughs) Like you laughed a few times this past few (laughs) minutes. So I think that's, that's great. Um, Do you do a lot of resolutions or that kind of thing? Is that something that you find helpful? Yeah, I would say um, maybe I'm, I'm a little less um, strict about like, yeah, resolutions and, even I think I've taken a step back from like forecasting for my year. Um, I'm trying to be a little more in flow, like manifestation. Yes. But also like in flow, whereas before it was a little more regimented, but yeah, every, every uh, new year's Eve or so I go back and I look at like all the things I wanted to do and the things I actually did and like the places that I grew and where I want to grow. And I usually have like, a few power words for the new year or a phrase for the new year that I kind of just am feeling coming up, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. I think the reflection, it's just a good time for reflection to kind of see, like, I think it's funny because I do a journal too. And it's funny to see like the things that I wrote because I almost feel like disconnected a little bit because I'm not even that person. Like one year later, you're not even quite the same person, like things happen and you grow and change. Um, but it's fun to like, look back and see. And then sometimes like, you'll notice that there was a connection throughout the year of what you were, even if you wrote it down, your power words, you write them down and you forget and like, Mm -hmm. you know, life gets busy, but it's still cool to see how some of those themes will still come up for you because you did like set those intentions or hold them, give them some space in your life. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like journaling is an underrated 
thing for sure. Like looking back and noticing cycles and noticing patterns and noticing like, like you said, like the things that you may have forgotten about, but that are a through line in your year. Like that's so powerful. I've, I look back at journals from like six years ago and I'm like, okay, one, I'm a little embarrassed that this is where I was <laughs> Try to bring compassion to myself, but also like, damn, like, look how far like yeah. I've come in six years and look how many cycles have died in that time because I was aware, you know, like there's so, there's so much good to be had, I think in having that. And you don't have to live with it in your brain anymore. You know, yeah. like it creates so much more space for you to be present in a moment when you don't have to hold all that stuff. Yeah. Is that something that you do regularly then as journal as well? Definitely. (laughs) I try to, it's, it's hard to keep up with. I need to like find a part of my day that it kind of like fits in. So it's not like such a big thing, you know, like, yeah, I do think it's really important. And I always, I I feel like that happens, especially when I just do like a free, free, like writing, you know, Mm -hmm. just kind of like letting it all out. It does feel like somehow it's kind of like leaves your body and it's like, okay, it's like that feeling and that intensity kind of is like at ease a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And to be perfectly clear, like, do I journal every day? No, like I have seasons where I'm journaling more and then I have entire like half a year where I haven't said a word, you know, like it's definitely, it just is dependent on what I'm going through at a specific moment for sure. I feel like at the end of the day, like I want people to like have compassion for themselves and to like go with the flow. Like I believe in discipline and also like don't beat yourselves up about it, you know? Yeah. I think that was, I was talking about that earlier as well. Just self-compassion, like not, not holding yourself so like up to this goal of being like, you have to be perfect because once again, like we're working on embracing who we are, not who like we think we should be, or that someone else thinks we should be like just being who we are and embracing like our humanity. Yeah. Like so important to being able to like help others as well, like being um, kind and, and considerate of others. First, you have to do that to yourself or else you don't truly, you're not truly able to express that to others, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I believe that. Um, so when you're having like life things come up, events happen or, you know, tough times, maybe like times of lower mood or whatever, are there some things that, um, you can do to help yourself out of them or just like ways that you're able to stay mindful, even when it's hard? Man, such a good question. So I think I previously mentioned that my phrase for 2022 is stay with it. And I like, I hear what you're saying about like things to like move through it. And also I'm so focused on just being present with those feelings and things right now that it's like, it's hard to conceptualize. Mm. So I would say like, for me, when I'm like experiencing emotions, like I want to escape all the time. I'm just like, how do I get through this as fast as possible? So I don't have to feel these things and I don't have to deal with these things. Um, 
but I feel like the space where I can be most present with that and to find like my center again. So I'm not spinning out is definitely with like breath. So whether that's like creating, you know, 10 minutes to just like shut everything up and sit for a second and let myself feel my emotions or yeah. I mean, also I'm learning to like resource my friends a lot and to be like, like I do everything myself. That's kind of been my mode of operation in my life. <laughs> I think your face says that <laughs> might be similar for you. Yes. Um, I not a big yeah. as, uh, person that asks for help. Yeah. Yeah. Same. So I'm like, no, I've got this. I've got this, but I'm learning to like, you know, ask my friends, like, Hey, are you available to like reflect some stuff back for me? Because this is how I'm feeling. And I know this isn't my truth, but like, I can't see it for myself. So like having people who can be like, yeah, like, no, this is how I see, you No, this is like, this is the arc that you're not seeing. Like, this is the, the storyline that you're like, not tapped into right now because you're feeling so many things has been really really helpful and I would also say like the journaling like part of my thing is like ruminating right like I'm I'm going over and over and over this like broken cassette in my head and if I can get it onto paper and let it go and then move on like that seems to kind of get it out of my out of my body and out of my mind and usually I can move on and not that I don't come back to it right but it's a little less powerful when it's not just existing in my brain. So. Yeah. Um, friends are invaluable for that too. Like it's, it's tough sometimes. Um, especially since me personally, it's been a little bit more recent that I've, I guess, gone more public with like my mindful style. Like it's been in, in my own body mind, you know, for a few years, but more recently, I've kind of put it out there for everyone to see. And it's been um, kind of a vulnerable thing for me to like go there with friends sometimes. Like, I think it's hard when you have certain friendships that are like, this is what we do. We just get together and we like tell the latest gossip or, you know, just kind of those more shallow interactions. Um, Mm -hmm. It's hard to like, switch from that to like the deep ones that you need. Um, I don't know if, if it's partly just because the people that you have around you, I mean, I think it is probably less frequent that you're going to have a bunch of friends that you can have these conversations with. Um, but do you have any advice for starting a conversation with someone that you like trust, you know, someone that you know would be there for that or you believe that they'd be there for those types of things yeah I mean it's it's obviously like a building thing you have to build it into your relationships um but one of the things that like I've been practicing is asking people's availability for things before I just like dump emotions or dump rants or whatever like uh, my best friend and I have like built-in communication now about like Hey, I need to rant for a second. Are you available? And you know, they'll be like, yes. Or like, no, I'm actually not available for right now. And it, it definitely like takes a bit to like kind of work through the feeling of rejection that you get when somebody says like, no, I'm not available. 
but eventually like it builds such a deep pattern of trust with people and that you can also say no if you are not available for something is so incredible like that piece just in itself is like so freeing in relationship right yeah like built-in boundaries but I think honestly like it's just honesty it's like which is scary you said vulnerable like my goodness do I get that like it's so vulnerable to like allow people to see that like you're hurting or to see that you're you don't have it all together you know but if not your best friends like who (laughs) right yeah like I, I don't know and it's not like a it's not a flawless system you know sometimes you get what you're not asking for from people but learning to communicate like what you need like hey very clearly like hey I just need somebody to listen to me right now are you available to listen to me or hey I need some advice are you available to give me some advice or whatever like like learning and being present with what you actually need in a moment which takes you know self-awareness also Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a big part. I really appreciate that advice, especially with um, the asking. I mean, I think I could even use that like with my husband or like, you know, in a relationship or something just because sometimes you, especially somebody like that, who's like really close with you, like you kind of lean on each other a lot. And -hmm. sometimes I think we expect a lot more than maybe they're capable of giving. So like asking that question, be like, Hey, like just need somebody to listen right now. I think that could make like a human, like humongous change in the actual conversation that you're trying to have versus when you just come home and like dump everything on them. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Hey, just a second. Like, do you have the mental capacity for this right now? Right. Um, I love that because it, it also like, opens it up for them as well. Like they, they can also come and give that, ask that question or like have that boundary back with you. So I think I'll definitely try to incorporate that just with friends and stuff. So I appreciate that a lot. That's great. Absolutely. I mean, we've all been there, right? Where like somebody comes and dumps a bunch of stuff and like, you want to be available for it because you love the person, but like you have so much of your own shit going on and then you're like, okay, well, now I resent you for just like dumping this on me and I have to like bear it. And it's like, nobody wants to be in that spot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I was going to, I was going to add like the other thing too, is like when my friends come to me with something like learning to be like, okay, what do you, what kind of support do you want right now? Instead of just like, cause I'm an advice giver. I'm like, let's fix the problem. Like, let's do this, you know? So sometimes people just want to be heard or seen or like held or whatever, you know, sometimes people don't want to fix it. And I'm like, okay, that's new for me. (laughs) Like very new for me. So learning to ask somebody like, Hey, how would you like support right now? has been really helpful. Yeah, that's great. I definitely, um, I'm tend to be the person that just wants to be heard. Like, Mm -hmm. and my husband's a fixer. So like I'll come (laughs) to him and he'll be like, we're going to fix this. And I'm like, no, like, that's fine. We don't need to fix it. I just need to talk <laughs> about it. I'm fine. Yeah. Now. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's good. I guess sometimes that's why you're a good combination. Yeah, for sure. Um, lately, have you had any like aha moments or epiphanies or things kind of that have come to you that you'd like to share with us? Mm, 
aha moments. I guess, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind again is just the, like the playful, the like getting curious about my life because I've had such a strict idea of what life should be for so long and what I like and what I don't like and what's like good and what's bad, like air quotes because people are listening on audio, but like, you know, just like coming from that religious structure, there's just, there's not a lot of room for the gray and for the play and I think yeah the aha has just been like oh like there's so much more life and like yeah life to be had than I thought was possible when I lead with curiosity and when I lead with like play (laughs) like if I'm not afraid to be like oh okay like that actually wasn't oh I didn't like that or that wasn't actually fun for me but like wow I really did like this other thing that I didn't know that I was gonna like has been it's mind-blowing honestly like I'm learning so much about myself that I didn't I didn't know I didn't know yeah that's amazing that's that's really like it seems like a small thing but it's like I'm sure it has a huge impact as you apply that into your life any last mindfulness advice for listeners just any like tips or tricks that you have found helpful um I think just like the more you know it's like that's just the phrase like the more you know like get to know your body get to know your nervous system like Google a nervous system chart so you can understand what's happening in you. Because when you have the tools to like the awareness, then you can start to like regulate yourself when you know your coping mechanisms, when you know your like avoidance tactics, when you know yourself, it's easier to drop into mindfulness and to like be present with yourself and to bring compassion to the areas of yourself that you might judge otherwise, you know? Yeah, that's fantastic advice. I I love that um, the combination of like bringing science into something that people tend to think of more as like woo woo or spiritual or that kind of thing. Like, I just love that there's real scientific connections between like the nervous system and breath work and, and yes. like calming down and, and finding that mind body connection is really great. All of it. All of it is so important. <laughs> Uh, well um is there anything that you want to share about through like your Instagram page or like any um promotion stuff that you'd like to talk about at all before we finish up nothing is like uh finalized right now I'm just starting to move into like doing like one-on-one stuff with people whether that's breath work or like embodiment work somatic work so that's like an exciting thing on the horizon so yeah. if people want to stay connected and stay present for that, that would be amazing. Um, I'm excited for what's coming this year and all the things I'm learning that I get to share. And thank you for having me. It's so fun to talk about this stuff. Like it lives in my brain and on my Instagram, you know, it's like having an opportunity to have conversation about it is really exciting. Yeah. Thank you for being here. That's basically why I got this started because I just felt like I was missing this part of things, you know, having these conversations, it like, I don't know, fills my cup or whatever. Yeah. Like it's really fun to have this connection um, and not have it have to be something 
Like it feels really genuine. It doesn't feel like a fake conversation. It doesn't feel forced. Um, and it feels like it touches with something like in deep inside me. I mean, coming from that spiritual or the religious background, um, growing up in church and stuff, there was a certain feeling connection that I would get like during like worship or singing, like, you know, and being part of a group and connected in that way that has been kind of harder to find in other communities. Um, and so I'm really like loving that being able to connect with people in this way, it makes me feel a little bit like that, like having that, um, just connection of other beings, you know, kind of being in the same realm and on the same play page. It's really great. I totally, totally, totally relate. I spent a lot of time grieving that, um, connection just cause it doesn't feel like it's as, it's as accessible in the same way, but I'm realizing the more like I lean into the weird and the more I like lean into the things that like religion said we're like maybe not the smartest path I'm like oh no like there is so much connection out there and like this there's so much to be had between people it just looks different than we thought it did yeah and we're grateful that it's that it exists because there was so much negativity at least around my experience I know a lot of people have Mm -hmm. really good experiences in the church but um, me myself having just a lot of negativity around that like I basically like if it sounds like religion I'm like "Mm, I don't trust that you know the other the opposite of it and so um sometimes it's it's hard to explain that to people around you that have known you for your whole existence and they're like just trust God and it's like no there's more there's something more you know yeah I'm I'm starting to like recognize the how like religion and faith in that specific context kept me from mindfulness in a true way and like kept me disconnected from my body and kept me disconnected from like presence and so much of that stuff and like I I'm probably in my angry phase still where I'm just (laughs) like man like I don't regret it because I learned so much and there was so much to be like gained from that time in my life and also I'm like wow how did we miss it so completely? You know, like there's so much depth in our bodies and so much wisdom in our bodies and we're just completely untapped. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's I a definitely, whole other conversation. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I definitely relate to that. Um, being in my angry phase still, I think, um, because it does, it does like short change you, you know? Like it's yeah. like, and there's a lot of things I'm having to unlearn, you know, that, yeah. that were really programmed into me about just like femininity and uh, even masculinity. Like I have a lot of ideas around men as not being like safe and they're not um, loving, they're not caregiving, you know, like there's this whole mindset that comes with a super religious lifestyle and upbringing that. I'm having to work through and, and relearn. And, um, it's not super fun. So no, (laughs) I think I'm still in the angry phase right now too, but (laughs) maybe it will pass. (laughs) Uh, It will eventually, but if you need any support and anybody else who's listening, who's going through deconstruction or anything like that, I am so here for these conversations. So available for it. 
Thank you so much for your time today. Um, I really appreciate this. This has been a really fun conversation. Yeah. So thank you for being on and giving us your energy and your time and all of it. Amazing. Thank you for having me. It's been a fun, fun time. <laughs>